shatter the stigma, mend the mind. Welcome to the live broadcast of Talk Revolution, hosted by Dr. Paul Sambataro, neurocognitive scientist, author, and retired school psychologist. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Talk Revolution. This is our 15th anniversary broadcast on BBS Radio. We are here today to discuss current topics with a new perspective based on cognitive function to keep the fires of innovation, pioneering, and our shared culture of giving burning for future generations. The orientation of these discussions is to bring to light the importance of the underlying foundation to solving our most social problems, such as disability challenges, poverty, violence, and crime. This is a call-in podcast. You may at any time feel free to call in with any questions you may have in regard to cognitive function in our program, Emotional Budgeting. Please call toll-free 888-627-6008 in the U.S., Canada, or direct 323-744-4831. Today's podcast episode is focused on the challenges of individuals with disability transitioning from youth to adult expectations with services and support. This is in regards we've had many conversations and discussions in regards to disabilities. As we go as I go through the general process of disability transition today, please keep in mind the difference between disabilities is very, very important. In many situations laws have changed as per state uh, over the years to include many of the mental health disabilities such as bipolar and autism that once only considered the departments only considered the physical disabilities such as down syndrome or other impairments physical impairments there are differences between severity and it is essential to be prepared prior to young adults aging out of the educational services at age 21. And that will be at length uh, a great deal of, of our discussion this evening. So this is an outreach tonight to provide some insight, uh, some key issues and ideas to provide that understanding of what it takes to help our young children transition from young adult into adult services or with wraparound services or with support so that they can reach their full potential. And as with every disability we and even for the general population for every child, full potential is our goal. We have discussed in previous podcasts ways of obtaining that that do require a different perspective. And that perspective can be influenced by our understanding of cognitive function, which we have we discuss each podcast in detail, the impact that has on these and highlights the issues with solutions. 
some of our uh, ideas and tools are have been available on the internet, such as uh, the group parentcenterhub.org. Um, they are, they also, they have, uh, they've introduced many ideas. There are many different sources of information on the internet uh, with websites that help guide and give suggestions to providing insight to transition services. There are, those are the independent sources. Obviously, the number one source will be those within the educational system as one moves in. But there are cautions uh, with this. So one of the important things as, as one of our AA, the American Academy of Primary Care Psychologists uh, in Washington State provided advocacy for with disabilities with the Disability Council and, and during that period, we held multiple workshops throughout the year and would provide support, understanding among the members and clients who were in the workshop to helping understand those goals and items going through the process of transition. But one of the important things of those advocacy groups was the information provided by other individuals who had gone before or had completed or had gone through the process of the for their children or as individuals. And that wealth of knowledge Shared was great, as great or greater than someone who had specific knowledge within an institution, because it is the heart, it is the quest of understanding and providing by the parents or by the individual himself or herself that gains the answers and provide the information that is needed to move on. And I want to just highlight that for a moment as we go through some of the resources, some of the programs. Again, being part of an advocacy group or finding others who have gone through the process before uh, an individual needs to uh, really provides extra support and that necessary guide through the bureaucracy of many different departments and worlds, which uh, they're not always um, supporting each other for the common goal of the individual. So a quick summary of transition. Transition services are intended to prepare students to move from the world of school to the world of adulthood. And I wanted, before we go too much further, I want to just make a quick 
inference to the importance of going from middle school to high school, a child who is in special education or may have challenges, disability challenges, even if they are not, have not been accepted into uh, special education, there is a huge, a very large difference between middle school expectations and high school expectations. And while some schools and districts provide a general policy or method, it is not always as smooth as one would hope, and many a time parents will find themselves frustrated uh, with the gap between understanding or conveying the expectation to their child from middle school and to high school. This is in many ways because the services provided in middle school are actually in many ways easier or better prepared than when a child reaches who has disability or challenges when they reach high school because there's a lot less in general speaking, general empathy for the child when they get into high school. And the expectations and accommodations are not necessarily depending on the size of the district, the size of the school may not be as well supportive as the expectations of the parents and the child were in the middle school. So again, there is a big difference between those expectations. And this can hit hard those children who have difficulties, especially general population with ADHD uh, or general issues that have to do with uh, ability to concentrate, focus, um, especially the increase in anxiety and stress. These are issues that create difficulties with the institutional expectation in high school, and that is the extra load of homework and the idea that a child is growing, developing, and that they are uh, moving forward with their independence, and this is not always necessarily the case, uh, especially with those who have delayed developmental growth, and uh, these, this is associated with many of the different uh, disorders, so that in the end, uh, there's often a, creates a negative uh, feeling of motivation, a, a isolation, and etc. So, being prepared begins as early as possible, hopefully in elementary school, but again, the leap from elementary to middle school is not in both its development and in expectation. It's not as great as from middle school to high school. And that preparation can be by visiting the high schools, by finding out what is available and policies and procedures. And having the child go through, go to that school and participate or look or get a feeling of what they're how they're going to uh, begin in that new setting. 
So I just want to mention that before we move on from high school to adulthood and expectations, this, this is a discussion not necessarily hitting on every key transition departmental requirement or policy because we do have differences between state to state and district to district and how it is managed. And I'm not an expert on every situation. But given my experience in general, general support and the general uh, to promote the greatest potential or the greatest ability for the student to move forward are those key issues that I bring forth tonight. And again, thinking ahead and being prepared uh, before one goes into a situation is both helpful for the parent and the child in any situation, whether it's a general population or a child who either has challenges, difficulties, 504, which is not qualification for special education, but nonetheless, usually involves such issues as uh, minor specific learning difficulties or ADHD, etc. And these challenges need to be conveyed as they move forward into the next school district and levels. So I want to highlight some of these important changes in which parents uh, are busy working, parents or guardians are busy working, and it can often be kept caught off guard. This is the case in which uh, a school psychologist over and over again, parents and children are generally seemingly caught off guard in the changes in expectations from one institution to the next. Uh, where teachers were with the student uh, and very supportive in one setting may not be in the next setting, generally less so as they advance in grade level. So this this helpfulness is also sort of a rug pulled from under uh, the child and can influence their ideas about moving forward. So as a child advances into high school and when they have special education or disabilities challenges, usually there is in place not only special education, Depending on the severity, there are ways of being handling. There are ways to handle each of the challenges that the child brings to their, to optimize their potential. The most important part of this is implementing the special education plan because when it is implemented there are requirements general requirements coming from the normal preparation of the special ed that anticipates the development through the years and before the child ages out as it is quote ages out of the system 
And this is not normally consistent because it's an individualized education plan. It's from changes from each individual, but also because of the time that is necessary planning. So when a special education teacher has 30 students and each one is needs a mountain of paperwork, it is not often, it is not often that they are prepared to completely go over each and every transition uh, IEP plan for transition as it should be. And this is where the parents can indeed be very helpful in supporting for themselves, the teacher, and their child the understanding of what should be done and what is coming next. And this is what we'll discuss here in a moment. One issue, one thing that I would like to mention that uh, one of the changes that's important to keep in mind um, as transition planning takes place as part of the developing the student's individual education program, the IEP team does develop with the student the transition plan. The student must be invited to an IEP meetings and these conversations should be taking place in their by their junior year, and these things, questions that parents can ask and the student can ask at these meetings to help provide ideas of what can be done to support the individual moving forward. One of the things, again, I want to mention about these IEPs about the high school are the intervention plans that, if done correctly, provide preventative strategies, uh, teaching alternative behaviors, um, are intervention plans for or learning, uh, accommodating learning platforms that are not necessarily going to be able to be moved past the high school period. So there is a jolt which is can be often welcomed by the student, but nonetheless a change in what is available in correcting the student or providing support for the student is no longer going to be there. For example, Preventative strategies. Teachers will speak and interact with the student in, in, in their classroom, uh, so that they are clear with directives, expectations, and directions in a clear and concise manner. Uh, teachers will frequently, um, uh, listen to the student's concerns without interrupting and validate their feelings. Teachers will focus on the student's effort rather than the accuracy or their grade. If all things are in place, teachers will, uh, if the student is having issues, the teacher will send a student for a break or an errand. So basically, as they go through 
high school, generally speaking, if the IEP is um, set forth and the special ed teachers are in communication with all of the students' teachers, there's an accommodation. There's an understanding of the, of the child's needs and the interventions. And those objectives when uh, to support those students' weaknesses and to promote his strengths. Moving from that world, transitioning from that world of understanding to a more competitive and less willing, less time or requirements to accommodate in the adult world can be a jolt for everyone, just in, similar to when moving from middle school to the high school. And I want to mention this is an important, it's psychological, emotional issue of having the support, the positive reinforcement, and the discipline structured, provide, providing the child structure to move through a system of understanding. And when that world comes to an end, then it is incumbent to be prepared in either building forward a new structure, providing structure, or developing and helping emotional ability structure to move forward in a world that has less structure and design for the disabilities understanding. Transition services means a coordinated set of set of activities for a child with a disability. It's designed to be within a results oriented process based on the individual child's needs, takes into account the child's strengths, preferences, interests, includes instruction, related services, community experiences, development of employment, and the post-school adult living objectives. Transition services for children with disabilities may be special education if provided a specially designed instruction or related services. So again, we're discussing this process while they are in high school. This should be begun in high school. And I can, if I had more time, I could relay the amount of ex the experience I have of the difficulties that and the unexpected and the lack of being prepared to go beyond high school that some parents, because of the focus of services within the high school system, secondary system. So sometimes what I have met is parents are so focused on the services within the secondary system that as individual reaches their senior year or their 21st birthday, depending on their needs, and are aging out of the system, there is a complete surprise at the lack of services beyond the educational system.
And that is in part because there are so many services in comparison to when to within the education system and then without. So being prepared to move on should encompass the last two years of an individual's experience in high school. And so should the IEP meetings. As an adult, life is much more important after high school as it is longer and depends on his function at a much greater degree than within high school itself or secondary. Activities, a number of key words in the definition about capture important concepts about transition services. Activities need to be coordinated with each other. Process focuses on results. And again, we're going back, we will go back and back to cognitive functioning. These are the results, abilities. Activities must address the child's academic and functional achievement. So again, in the end of everything we have, we will have discussed in all these podcasts, we end up back at cognitive function and abilities. <coughs> Activities are intended to smooth the young person's movement into the post-school world. One of the assessments that we do in the special education many times not necessary, but if it appears that cognitive functioning and abilities is an issue, behavioral adaptation, behavioral assessments are geared to understand the function of the young person, their daily living skills. And this is very important because before that child on their 18th birthday, they should have the latest assessment possible so that they have it to give to the adult services department, such as Social Security and uh, the Department of Social and Health Services. So what results might be? From a federal perspective, the results being sought can be found in the very first finding of Congress, the AIDPEA, which refers to our national policy of ensuring quality, equality of opportunity, full participation, independent living, and economic self-sufficiency for individual and disabilities. There, it pretty much states our goals and the mission for moving from secondary to from high school to adult living. Preparing children with disabilities to lead productive and independent adult lives to the maximum extent possible is one of IDEA's stated objectives. Students at the heart of planning their transition. So engaging the student, helping provide an idea that this is important is one of the main state goals of IDEA.
So students must should be invited. They must be invited after the taking visit to an IEP. And often they are at least by the time that they're 16. As you as we move on, what types transitions transition services beginning not later than the first IEP to be in effect when the child turns 16 or younger if determined appropriate by the IEP team. So again, at the age of 16, we are looking at beginning new transition services. This may entail tools, assessment tools, of which I describe the psychologist, school psychologist, but in fact, there are assessment tools for the parents and the individual that pertain to transition assessment tools. And I have seen very minimal one-page surveys, one-page identification of interests, and I have seen whole booklets with assessment tools. It is obvious that the greater the surveyor or the understanding of a child's interests, the greater the potential for that child to not only their determination, but to understand their strengths and weaknesses in their identification of what they would like to do or their most motivation to motivate them in their moving forward. Another that we're not going to touch upon uh, as much is that by this time, guardianship should be determined, uh, the need for a guardianship should be determined prior to the student turning 18 and at least 21, because at this time, uh, the individual has not only more rights, but also expectation to be making self-determining decisions without parents. And this can be also a shock to many parents as they have become intrinsically supportive, support group for their children. And as the child turns 18 and moves on, they are no longer considered to be a part of the process unless there are power of attorney and guardianship and it can be increasingly difficult. So it is very important parents to take note and make a decision on the necess necessity of either providing guardianship, uh, the necessity of needing a guardianship, power of attorney, and how they will be a support group within the rules and regulations of our current considerations of who is an adult, HIPAA, and many other restrictions and access to communication for decision making as the young individual as the young adult moves into independent living. So this is a very important point that uh, may be forgotten until it's late and then it is a scramble to make and provide that important catch up, uh, to catch up with services.
So I am, we're going to move on uh, to adult services and particular things to look at when moving for the upcoming um, availability of what one should do. The IEP is essential to providing the best preparation, but in reality, has been my experience that time and the ability of parents and team members to communicate this between each other through with the child and as a group is often limited and at best it varies very widely from parent, student, to teacher. But it is the best means to be prepared. Because the teacher has the ability to, the special education teacher who is responsible for the IEP, the individual education program plan for the student has the best means to contact and is responsible. Social services and other resources at that time. But this varies again very widely between school districts and perhaps state to state in Supporting or, allowing, or giving those resources while the child is in school. So again, the best communicator and the best support comes from the parents to assure that these goals are being actively and to the best ability of both the special education teacher and the district to get that support. Again, the parent is the best communicator to support their child in getting that information moving with the teacher's assistance and support. The IEP, we've discussed already that the IEP, there are assessment tools that the special education teacher should be using, uh, that there are special, uh, there are individual um, contacts, uh, there are job work programs within the school, especially, again, there's a difference for ages 18 to 21. If the child uh, needs more time and feels uh, structured, are allowed to participate in special education through the age of 21, there are work programs, generally speaking, Throughout many school districts, I cannot, do not have the experience of the consistency from one high school to the next or from one state to another, but it is my experience that those work programs are beneficial in providing not only the, the help in short part-time work experience, but providing assistance to uh, independent living, um, functions, living skills, cooking, um, self-care, etc. And these are very important, but also not always can provide uh, individualized care for every single individual, depending on the energy of care of the special ed teacher. 
So again, it varies widely. The best person to monitor and make sure this happens is the parent in support of the student. Again, by going on looking at uh, internet website communities, uh, www.communityinclusion.org uh, by Stephanie Porter, Linda Freeman, and Lynn Reeves uh, out of the East Coast. Also go over some ideas here and I will share them with you. Uh, for example, there they begin by age 14, but plan over a period of time, and again, this is within school, to begin the transition. If your adolescent has a special health care need or disability significant enough to interfere, interfere with his or her ability to make financial and medical decisions, you will need to file a petition to the court for six months before your adolescent turns 18 to maintain guardianship. So again, this is defining what we just briefly discussed is the importance of doing this before they turn age 18. If the disability is significant enough and impairs their ability to make financial and medical decisions, it's imperative to consider filing a petition to the court six months before your adolescent turns 18. This is extremely uh, important to those who do need that service. Ask the provider how and when age-appropriate information will be shared with your adolescent. This is medical. Um, this is also very important for the age 13. There are many instances which the doctor does not need to communicate uh, issues, depending on their on their. Uh, consideration of their relationship with the client. Their section, uh, preparing for parenthood, genetic counseling, and vocational awareness. So this can start even earlier. Suggest to the provider that he or she meet privately with your adolescent to discuss emotional and sexual developments, relationship, and friendships. This is something, again, where Emotional development. We have discussed that over and over with the emotional budget program. Is exactly why it was developed for to meet one of these goals. If a student is capable of answering, uh, writing, working through the workbook, this will provide uh, increase the Emotional budget workbook program will provide that help with cognitive functioning, especially with emotional development. So this is again one of the reasons why that book, that program was developed with those with disabilities, both mental and physical. As a provider, Ask the provider, uh, again, the triad of success for a student is the medical, the provider, the parent, and the teacher. Those three. Not only for the qualification of special ed, but for optimizing the student's success in life. Is gaining the foot, gaining 
the communication with the provider, yourself, the individual, the caretaker of the uh, child, student, the student, and the teacher who is interacting with that, that with your student. Ask the primary care provider or nurse for help in identifying others, such as school nurses or other attendees, who can help manage your adolescent's care. So you're, as the parent, it has been my, the best results are the parent who can help with the communication. Oftentimes, the issues arise when both teacher and parent rely on the student who has the disability to provide the communication through all parties. And it has been my experience that it is the child's greatest difficulty, especially with disabilities, to provide the communication between all parties and thus results uh, the problems moving forward that come up in IDP and the frustrations between teacher and students. And to surmount this, it's always been my experience that when the teacher is able to facilitate communication, for the child to the primary providers and to the teacher and receive the information back from them and then convey it to the student who can then move ahead with their own care uh, independent. That is the greatest uh, improvement and uh, opportunity to support the student's um, best course of action. Encourage your adolescents to prepare for doctor visits by writing down questions in advance. Begin teaching your adolescents about his or her insurance coverage. And we are starting to move into exactly the issues of moving from provider care or from parental care to institution. Discuss with the primary care provider when you should consider transferring your adolescent care to an adult provider. And this, again, we discussed the variety, the various differences between severity and the issues of their needs. So this is not, this is just a general reference and not a specific reference to individual needs. As we mentioned from the very beginning, there is a wide variance. But in each case, being prepared ahead of time and considering these things as before the decisions have to be made is of prime importance for a smooth transition. If you decide that you should work towards a transfer of care, work with the adolescent's primary care provider. Talk to other families and young adults with similar special health care needs, and we discussed this at the beginning. Uh, schedule an interview visit with possible adult providers before transferring your adolescent's care. And again, this is discussing differences of need. There are many functional issues in all of this. So as we discussed the development, the learning of the development of functional skills, cognitive ability and functional skills. I had the experience, the wonderful experience of seeing a young person in my under uh, in my caseload 
that was considered institutional care, but I believe had been not correctly diagnosed, but nonetheless, by the time she was ready to leave and age out of her secondary education, not only was her assessment greatly improved, but her her abilities were improved, her, and she was to the point of having an internship. And this was through the support of her parent, through the support of her primary, of her provider, and the employers. And by having that support, she went from what was expected to be institutional care for her to being a very productive person who understood herself, could identify herself as being a productive and successful individual within four years in that school system. This is this is the kind of case, this is the kind of uh, productivity or the kind of change that is the difference between throwing up your hands from the initial assessments or the initial idea of an individual and the promotion of potential for every single young adult. Not only is this this is great for their success and happiness of their parent themselves, but it is a cost savings of billions and billions of dollars if we are able to do this throughout the United States on a consistent level. Again, the emotional budgeting program speaks to this greater productivity, greater self-realization and expectations for individuals while meeting and optimizing their potential. So individual ideas for uh, in the transitioning thing for young students would be to know their pharmacy uh, functional issues as fulfilling their prescriptions uh, getting to know their insurance company, their doctors, helping them with that communication if they're able, if, they're, if that is uh, part of their ability, increasing that ability to be aware of those things that were prior taken care of by their parents. Know how, knowing how to order and take care of their special equipment, uh, talk to doctors, discuss with doctors resources, taking charge of their health care. This is over time. It's not necessarily going to happen overnight. And this is, again, the point of transitioning from high school into young adult and starting ahead of time. Uh, health and exercise and eating and diet are actually really important. Um, it is a big is a difficult transition from taking a structure that is provided for you with the discipline of parents or the school and then one having looking at 
managing oneself. Being aware of federal and state laws to guide delivery of educational services to children with disabilities applies as well to employment. Uh, understanding special education laws, Section 504 and Rehabilitation Act of 1973. One of the things that is important is putting together a student personal file, including individual, the individual education program, evaluations and assessments is very, very important. Records and notes and provider and medical information should be kept in a single file as these may or may not be need to be delivered to other qualifying departments, such as Social Security or Social and Health Services. So one of the important things in all of this we do not want to leave out is while we are moving through high school and the transition, recreation, in my opinion, and what I've seen is very helpful to the independence of young people. And depending on the abilities, of course, whether they're able to join in on regular uh, outdoor activity or regular sports or regular recreational provided by the high school, there are outside resources available. One of my favorite is Special Olympics. I have never felt so comfortable within a group as a Special Those who participated in the Special Olympics. It was about achieving the dream of individual potential and the support that they received from all around was amazing. I have participated, I have managed, I have coached competitive teams, but never have I been as happy and seen as happy participants as I have with those who participated in Special Olympics. And it is something that I recommend for not only the happiness of the individual, but as well as identifying their Employment. Begin thinking about work early. Children can learn about the world of work as early as preschool by watching family members and helping out at home. Adolescents with special care needs and disabilities can work. Identifying early on the supports and services that your adolescent will need in order to be successful in the workplace. This is very important. And this is again another important part of Emotional Budget Workbook Program, this is again geared to increasing the cognitive abilities, lowering the stress and anxieties that are associated with many of the mental health disabilities associated in special education. Beginning at age 14 and updated yearly, a statement of transition services needs must be included in the IP, so we have mentioned that. And beginning at age 16, a statement of needed transition services must be included in the student's IP. And I again mentioned the difference between a simple page and a in-depth survey can be the difference between understanding the 
individual strengths and weaknesses and helping them identify what they feel they would be good at or like to do. The transition services must be based on adolescent preference and interests. Make sure transition services address instruction-related services, community experience, post-high school plans, and any functional vocational evaluation. A vocational evaluation is greatly appreciated and it's helpful, and this is, should be in-depth as much as possible. And again, this is facilitated by the special education teacher, but as much as they are required, it's incumbent upon the parent to perhaps suggest a greater participation level to further the understanding of their child's interests and strengths and weaknesses. Understanding that employment services can range from resume preparation, job placement, assistance, uh, employment counseling, job coaching, travel training, benefits management, discuss supported employment options. Consider having your adolescent participate in vocational assessments. So again, this is transitional means of moving forward in the secondary because one is preparing before one goes and is an adult. Make job placement an integral part of your adolescent education plan. Remember that work experience can be helpful for all transition age youth. Encourage self-care such as personal grooming, hygiene, money management, physical fitness. Encourage your adolescent to participate in volunteer activities in order to learn about possible job opportunities. Discuss with your adolescent services providing the types of job and accommodations your adolescent will need in the workplace. And in support of that, the school or yourself on forming a relationship with potential employers should be proud to give an understanding of your child's strengths as well as the supportive needs as every child, every individual needs support. And it is important to find a place or to help communicate that important value that your child brings to any given employment placement. Moving in some of those ways, there are resources that are very helpful in that. The YMCA, United Way, Easter Seals, uh, Boy Scout, Girl Scouts. These are even a group such as the Boys and Girl Scouts have been instrumental, in my opinion, providing structure. So when one is feeling the need to, aside from providers, aside from a special education teacher, these outside groups, not only do they provide a shared, common, perhaps a similar People, parents with similar uh, issues, children who have similar disabilities, and in this way, uh, additional support, both psychological, mental, and uh, even in regards to sharing rides and um, 
monitoring is very helpful to look towards groups that are have advocacy, disability advocacy, art, and as I mentioned, the Iowa Easter Seals and Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts. These are groups that provide a means to increase value, increase the sense of value that your child has within this group, and the sense of value and pride of his ability to be productive person is one of the important things that I believe can be huge asset both the parent and the child and optimizing their individual as the IDEA indicates. Be sure as you move forward there are Several important services, depending on the needs, that would be the application for Social Security when they reach adulthood, and the services provided by state and health departments. Each of those require an assessment that will have requirements associated with their Provider of their evaluations, medical evaluations, uh, medical records, um, academic and cognitive, as well as adaptive behavioral functional assessments. And each of these are very important to the qualifications that they may be submitted to on behalf of the individual through these departments for future help in assistance. And this is the ultimate goal, if necessary, for those who have challenging needs and do need additional help for themselves in moving forward as independent living. And as we discussed all of these high school issues again it is important to collect a file with those IEP the special education evaluation cognitive assessments adaptive provider records medical records all of these should be kept in a file so that as the child reaches 18 or 21 they can be submitted for future qualifications in those programs. Without that, it becomes a gap and could be an overwhelming burden on both the student and the parent because of the gap between the services provided in high school and those provided as an adult. And with that gap comes hardship if it's not provided or taken care of ahead of time. In preparation and this is the point of the podcast be prepared before leaving one service and gaining another because without that preparation will come a gap and become a burden become a hardship and ultimately difficulty when done ahead of time and providing the optimization of their 
capabilities will lower all future impacts. Our next podcast will focus on emotional budget training certification process for counselors, education, educators, and administrators. As we are life coaches, consultation, professional training for clinicians are available through my website, www.emotionalbudgeting.com for parents and caregivers, individuals, and educators. Copies of the book are available digitally on Kindle and in paperback on Amazon.com. Remember, next week we will discuss the emotional budget training certification process for counselors, educators, and administrators. I'd like to thank our producer Doug and Don Newsom and our audience. Welcome to the Brain Revolution. Until next time, this is Dr. Paul from the Pearl.